Today's Interim Whisperer Employer Tip of the Week is collaboration. It is key to making everyone feel welcome at your trainings and in your company. The more people socialize, the more their feeling of belongingness grows. It boosts work satisfaction and employee retention. Your, co your courses can play a pivotal role in enhancing team collaboration. To achieve this, assign practical collaboration tasks during your training sessions. For example, if you're training a marketing team, divide the team into several groups, then assign a client to each one and ask them to create a buyer persona by working together and brainstorming ideas. Exercise truly inclusive. Try to group team members that don't know each other very well or work in separate departments and offices. This exercise can easily be carried out remotely and it will boost engagement in virtual training classrooms. Welcome to the Intern Whisperer. I am so excited to have Mark Wright Ahern in the studio with me. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing fine. I can't wait to have this conversation that you know nothing that's going to come up because I did not discuss it. I'm saving it, but pretty sure you'll be okay with it. Yes, I will. It would be how uh, I met you and you sang. So I'm going to hold on to that one. Okay. All right. So we always open up our show with five words that describe you and why those five words. So, Well, the five words that I picked is more intimate to me as a person. Um, one, believer. Mm -hmm. I'm a husband, a singer, an actor, and a traveler. Hmm. Okay. Well, those all kind of explain themselves. Some people use words like creative and we have to go and have a little bit more that explains it. But I know that you are a very spiritual person. I know I we've am. had some of those Jesus talks together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as a believer, notice I didn't just say a particular denomination or mm -hmm. anything like that, because I believe a believer has a relationship. Mm -hmm. So mine is a relationship with Christ mm -hmm. compared to it just being, Hey, I belong to this organization. Right. I belong to the man upstairs. Yes. And a husband, because I love my family. Mm -hmm. I'm really big on supporting my family. I am there for my husband, along with my mother and my father. There are some things that have happened recently, which you are, you know, yeah. kind of familiar with, but it actually gives me pride and it gives me joy to actually serve them. Mm -hmm. So it's a, form of servanthood, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, gosh. Sh servant leader. That is exactly yeah. what that is. I, um, my listeners have heard me say this many times. That was, that was my dissertation topic for my PhD, but oh. I've switched it over to peer and reverse mentoring. I think that they're very, very parallel to each other, honestly. They are. Yeah. And then with being a singer, as you already know, I love singing. I'll actually be singing um, with Opera Orlando and Regaletto coming Ooh. up. So I'll, I'm doing, I'm a chorus member for Regaletto. I will be featured with them um, in April. So where's that playing also? That's actually going to be at the new Steinmet Hall at the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. Oh, wow. I don't know where that is. It's actually at the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center, downtown <laughs> Orlando. Okay. And it is the newest completion 
of all three phases that they had for the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. And Steinmet Hall is really for the Orlando Philharmonic and Opera Orlando, which I am a board member and also a performer with them. Very nice. May I impose on you to give us just a little bit of a sample of like how you sing? <laughs> sure, I would okay. love to. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do it now or if you want to do it later. Either way, I've, I, I'm always <clears throat> ready. Okay. Um, so here's a little classical, since I said I do opera. So I'll do something that's actually musical theater. Ooh, okay. even better. <laughs> so then people will actually understand what I'm saying. Because sometimes when I sing something that's classical, they're like, that sounds great, but I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, it's in Italian. Correct. Yeah. So here you go. There's an old man called the Mississippi. That's the old man that I like to be. What does he care if the world's got troubles? What does he care if the land ain't free? Old man river, that old man river. He must know something. But don't say nothing, he just keeps rolling. He keeps on rolling along. So that's a little bit of my voice. Oh, man. I cannot even imagine what it might sound like in Dr. Phillips. So I definitely want to get a ticket so I can go and watch you. Well, I would love for you to come and watch. Okay. And I would love for your listeners to come and watch and support us as well. Yeah, that would be great. We do have a lot of listeners that are local for sure, but we also have listeners, just so you know, around the world, even in Italy, and we have some in Canada and just in different places of the world. Well, just so people know, you're always welcome to hire me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am always. Um, and you said travel was I, one of your uh, words. Yes, travel is definitely one of my words. Before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of traveling. So I got a chance to tour and travel a lot in South America. So um, part of it was part of my job when I was working at a school that we'll talk about very soon. And then also for pleasure as well. So pleasure and for performing and for work. So it was really fun to I'm travel throughout. kind of throughout. interested. What is the most memorable or and or exotic place that you've been to? Well, one of the places that I felt so comfortable at was Brazil. Oh. When I went to Brazil, I enjoyed the melting pot that it was. Mm -hmm. And I am a gentleman of color. And I actually enjoyed there wasn't some of the things that we have here where people kind of trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like they got along a little bit better. And I know that, you know, some of the history I've studied some, but there it was very fun and unique for me um, as an African-American male. Mm -hmm. I actually felt comfortable being in Brazil. That is nice to hear. I have not been there. So I look forward to being visiting all of Central and South American countries because, well, it's warm mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's sure. absolutely gorgeous. When I flew over, you know, I, I got a chance to go to a lot of different places in um, Brazil and the different places in South America. It's absolutely gorgeous in the volcanoes and the mountainsides and yeah. all the greenery. It's absolutely gorgeous. I want to go zip lining. Did you do that? I have been zip lining, but not in a foreign country. Mm. I hear Colombia has really nice places, but I'm, I'm going to guess I'm geographically challenged that Brazil has some really mountainous areas. So. They have a ton of mountainous yeah. areas. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other word that we have not covered? Um, it was I'm number an actor. four. 
I'm an actor. Oh yeah. So I I started um, doing musical theater. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, one yeah, of the main but shows. We just witnessed that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the main shows that I started with was doing Showboat, which is the song that I just sung is Old Man River, mm-hmm. and that was in Showboat. And a really unique story about that is that I did Showboat when I was in high school at Apopka High School here in Central Florida, and my chorus teacher said to the mayor because the mayor approached her and asked her if that was a recording because at that age wow. he, they didn't think that my voice would sound like that because oh yeah you they, have great radio voice yeah so they were like is that his voice or is that something uh you know like someone singing behind the stage and she's like no that's his voice and believe it or not the mayor asked her how can I help this young man mm-hmm. and he from my 10th grade year at Apopka High School, paid for all my voice lessons from my 10th grade year through parts of my college years. Wow. So it really changed my my life because it gave me an opportunity to sharpen my skills and my ability to be able to perform. So you never know how one act of kindness can actually change a young man's life or a young lady's life. So that one act of kindness changed my life. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to get into the arts that I am truthfully able to give back. So that's what I'm doing now um, here in Central Florida. I've actually been able to share my talents, not only with others by singing and performing, but I'm actually able to work in community organizations where I either sit on a board or I actually work directly with the government and help them to put on productions and work with kids to get them involved in the arts. That's awesome. I love that. Well, those are really five great words. So tell us, where did you go to school and what that journey has been like to where you are now? I went off, as I mentioned before, from Apopka High School. I went to Liberty University in Mm. Lynchburg, Virginia. Most of you may know Liberty by the home of being Dr. Jerry Farwell, who is now deceased. But Dr. Jerry Farwell was a really large television evangelist one of the first that actually started that whole entire concept of television evangelism. And at Liberty University, I was able to get my undergrad in religion and a minor in music performance. And then I went on to Nova Southeastern, which is in South Florida, Mm -hmm. and got my master's degree in business management. Mm. Very nice. So you didn't pick up public administration as one of your other degrees? I kind of feel like. No, I did not. Okay, because you're like, I know you're a continuous learner. So during all of that time between graduation to, you know, all of this, do you know how many, and again, I didn't ask you this one, but do you know how many events, theatrical events you've been in? Like you've been in movies and plays, I can truthfully say that I have probably been in probably more than maybe 1500 Wow. Different movie events and television and recording and productions and stage, you know. That's a lot. Performances. I started at the age of three. So let me start there. Okay. I started at the age of three. (laughs) Were you on a commercial or something? Were you one of those little kids that people would go and pinch their cheeks? (laughs) No, not quite. Believe it or not, I started in church. Oh, no. I think most people do start in church. I started in church. And so I would sing with my family choir. Mm -hmm. So my family had an entire choir and just recently, probably about 10 years ago, I say recent, but about 10 years ago, I was actually able to reduplicate 
my family choir with about 60 of my family members. Okay, wait a minute. How many people in a choir? Let's go back to that family <laughs> choir. How many people were in this choir? 60 of my family members. 60, yeah, holy aunts, uncles, cow. And, and honestly, it was immediate family or direct family. So yeah. aunts, uncles, and first cousins. Wow. That's I come from a large family. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. So throughout the years, I've been able to perform for multiple things. Um, I've done some things with Disney Universal. I've done some things with ABC, Reach Media, TV One, a little bit everywhere. Wow. I did not know that I was sitting across the table from somebody that's a super big celebrity. This is like pretty close <laughs> to celebrity. To me, you're a celebrity. I'm going, I don't know, but I know you've been in movies and I, one of your movies is out on Amazon. Correct. It actually was in theater. It came out November 19th of last year. And now it is being streamed on Amazon Prime. So you can go to Amazon Prime and look at the movie. I'm encouraging you to go there. Please go and support name. us. Um, the name of the movie is The Youngest Evangelist. I am um, featured in the movie. I play the part of the evangelist as the mm -hmm. adult. So in the movie, I will am the first 20 minutes of the movie and the last 20 minutes of the movie. So that's a pretty long time in movie. And if you get more than five minutes in a movie, that's extremely long. So to have 40 minutes in a movie is, is a lot. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because I know when I go to like the big movies, right? Movie theater movies. And we talk about, I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. He's, mm -hmm. you know, Iron Man. You know, that movie is like all about him. That must be exhausting to be because you're always, always, always on just about everything. On That's a lot of lines to know. There is a lot of lines to know. And, but the one good thing I will say this is that movies are fantastic, but live theater is harder. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There um, is no do-over. <laughs> there is no do-over. <laughs> it's live. It's live. So the great thing is that I did get to do the movie, but we did it multiple times and we got it to the way that the director wanted it to be. So that was really fun. But one of the hardest roles that I've ever played, I played Hulk in Driving Miss Daisy. There's only really three characters in the entire production. Mm. And Hulk and Miss Daisy are predominantly on the stage the entire time. So it was nerve wracking and finger biting every night before I would get on the stage. I was like, oh my goodness, well, I remember all my lines, but it was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was a fun experience because after you get going, you kind of forget that there's people out there. Right. And you're just enjoying yourself. Right. Yeah, I would think so. Wow. That's, that's really, really amazing. Um, this play that is down at Dr. Phillips though, let's, let's stay on that one for just a little bit. I know that you have some other skills that haven't, have not come up in production, writing screenplays. I think you have like the whole gamut, right? I do. I do. I have been blessed and lucky to have some great mentors and people who have pointed me in the right direction. So in 2009, Orlando Opera filed for bankruptcy before mm -hmm. Opera Orlando came back. So, but in 2009, they filed for bankruptcy. And in 2010, I created my own company called Shout Talent Entertainment and Promotions. And so what I did with Shout was that I promoted different artists mm -hmm. and different people and I also had a development department where I actually would have students that wanted to get into the arts come in and take acting classes or take vocal classes. And I did all of that um, at a facility in Apopka. 
And my company also worked with those students and actually gave them real life opportunities in actual movies, live stage productions, and also gave them opportunities to record as well. What are the ages of these students? Um, now, um, because I, I don't do as much as I did when I first started my company. Now, many of the students that I have now are actually performing and acting all over the United States. So many of my students, when I first started, they were eight, nine years wow. of age, but time has gone children. on. They were children. So now time has gone on and many of them actually have been featured in films and, and um, theaters all over the United States now. Holy cow. You don't still have this um, acting school? I don't have the acting school anymore, but I still work with different celebrities and I still do promotions. So some of the people that you guys may recognize that I've worked with, I've worked with, I mentioned earlier, Reach Media. Reach Media um, is the home of Tom Joyner. Tom Joyner is a mm -hmm. radio DJ. Mm -hmm. um, and he was called the fly jock for a long time. And he would fly from Texas to Chicago and fly back and would do two shows before technology changed all that. Yeah, before yeah. we had Zoom, right? Exactly. Or whatever. So I work with Reach Media, which Reach Media is really large because they oversee a lot of different um, radio personalities and hosts like D.L. Ugly. The list goes on from D.L. Ugly to you name it as far as African-American um, radio personalities is overseen by Reach Media. On top of that, I also wrote the first book for Glozelle Green who is a YouTube personality. Glozelle was one of the first YouTubers who actually made it as, when I say made it, she has over like 5 million um, subscribers, which means capital. Yeah. Um, so 5 million subscribers are as humongous. So many of her festivals and things that were done here in Florida, those were all produced through my company. Also her first book that came out that was also done through my company. And a lot of her interaction and, and videotapes and things like that, I was helping her to create some of that literature and stuff as well. Well, apparently she has a green lipstick. She does. That is her, that is her way of marketing. Her last name is Truthfully Green. Yeah. And so she puts on green lipstick and she, she's a comedian. Well, it says that she also interviewed President Obama. She did. And wow. um, Hillary Clinton. Holy so cow. she has done some fantastic things, but I am blessed to say that I was part of her, her team to get her to that point. That is uh, super cool. Well, maybe you can help me get her to be a guest on my podcast. I'm pretty sure she would love to. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so, that would um, be, yeah. yeah. I, it's really surprising because I have a lot of, you know, and employers for change. We have a lot of students that are looking for internships and many of them want to be in this industry, the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. They either want to be directing or producing, you know, movies, films, documentaries. I know that you've been in there. This is one of the reasons why I wanted you to have as a guest on the show, because for students, they can go and listen to this show and then they can go, oh, this is how you got into it. And we mm -hmm. haven't even, you know, touched how you actually, I mean, you said church, but you know, it's a lot of drive on your side for sure. There is. But there's connections. So anyway, I want to talk about that a little bit more. But the other thing um, that people enjoy, because I also have students that are wanting to be directors and you've been an actor and a director and just so many different things and a singer that it will be very inspiring to those people. 
we also have our listening audience is predominantly, you know, working people. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you will have a lot of, a lot of hits over here on your website when we get to that. All right. Yeah. So, you know, you were in, I don't know, they, they didn't have these classes, I would imagine at Liberty, because I think Liberty is even an online school, isn't it? Yes, it's both online and also, um, but it is actually the largest Christian university in America. Really? It is. And Liberty- Bigger than Oral Roberts? It is. Um, Liberty University also has a medical and law program at their facility now. Wow. So you can actually do your medical degree and also a law degree at Liberty University, along with counseling and so forth. So they offer everything from undergrad, master's and doctor's degrees at Liberty. I went to Bellhaven University for my MBA, Mm -hmm. and that's a Christian college also out of Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, it's always nice to hear of really large Christian schools that have a a good following and have plenty of degree choices available other than maybe, you know, seminary. That's what most people think that Christian colleges are are known for is. Yeah, Liberty is a great school. I really enjoyed my time. I was able to be there when Dr. Farwell was still alive and on campus. So three times a week, I got to hear him um, Mm. at convocation service. And so it was fun. And it was a great learning experience because I hadn't up until college, I had never really been away from my parents for that long of a time. Mm -hmm. So it was a new experience for me. And believe it or not, I visited a lot of the schools that I applied for, but I had not visited Liberty University until I got there the first day of school. Mm -hmm. So that was nerve wracking in itself because I didn't really know fully what to expect. But once I got to the campus, it was the campus that was good for me. Mm -hmm. It was a great environment and it was an environment that I was able to thrive in. Mm -hmm. And that's really the most important. That's what anybody should look for. Yeah. You know, any place, whether it's your neighborhood or the people you hang out with or where you work and including your church and where you go to school. Correct. Yeah. All of those things. Going back to what advice do you have for students that are trying to break into any of the, the different ways of you, well, any of the different entertainment tracks that you have, you have chosen, whether it's singing or what? Well, the first thing I would like to let people know right off back, if you're actually going to be a real performer, and when I say real performer, if you're going to go into movies or you're going into theater, live theater, you shouldn't pay to audition. You shouldn't have to pay to get a movie part. Mm. Just so that you know, that's not how the real arts work. If you are a professional actor or a professional musician, You may audition, but it's not for pay. Mm. So if you go and audition in New York for being on Broadway, you're not going to pay to audition to be in New York. You're actually going to go to a legitimate audition. You may not necessarily get a whole lot of time to audition. Mm -hmm. It's just really based on how many people are coming in, who you are, and what they're looking for. Right. And so you may get 30 seconds. You may get a minute. You may get five minutes. It's just based on what they're looking for during an audition. But the first thing I want to let people know right off the bat, mm-hmm. don't ever put your money down because there's a lot of marketing that comes out and say, hey, we're looking for people to perform at Universal Studios and Walt Disney World and things like that. Come out. And then they give you this large package thing that you have to go 
and pay for in order to become an actor or actress. Now, I do want to tell you that you should get training, which Mm -hmm. is different than paying to be an actor. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay for training. So you will pay for your piano class. You'll pay for your acting classes. You'll pay for those. But once you have gotten to the point that you feel that you can go and audition, Mm -hmm. you don't need to pay. (laughs) You have the skills or the chops that that you need to go and get a real job. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is start preparing some things for auditions. Yeah. That's the first thing. So if you're a singer, learn a few different styles of songs. So for those who are wanting to go into maybe a Broadway, I Mm -hmm. mentioned Broadway, you need to learn music that fits your voice. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. And something that allows you to show vocal range. Yes. Because many times people will pick a song and it's kind of a one level song. It doesn't allow you to show range. So kind of like Whitney Houston. Correct. Whitney yeah, they're has, looking for, ooh, that's a range. That's a range. So pick songs that shows your vocal range. The next thing, if you um, are doing, whether it's acting for Broadway or acting for a television um, show, learn some monologues. Monologues. You mean like memorizing? Memorize things? them. Okay. So memorize monologues. Monologues, you can go online, you can Google um, different monologues. You need to have a few different monologues in your in your arsenal. So something like a... I think of I had a dream or I have a dream. That's a good one. I have a dream. That's definitely a good one. But you should have a comedic monologue and a dramatic monologue. Um, You definitely need something that's funny because based on what you're auditioning for, it may be funny or and you need something dramatic. So those are the first What's your steps. favorite? I tend to be a little bit more dramatic. I'm more of a serious person many times. So it's much easier for me to play a serious part. Hmm. So dramatic monologues are really easy for me. Even um, when I when it comes to music, I tend to sing songs that are um, we would call more dramatic in style or, or love songs, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of pulls on the emotional strings of people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my personality. What would you pick for comedic? I would definitely stay away from something that's vulgar. Oh, so none of the F word, (laughs) I'm going to guess. Yeah. Yes. So stay away from things that are too vulgar, but you know, it's based on what you're auditioning for. So say for instance, if you're auditioning for something that is the Book of Mormon, I don't know if you've ever seen the Book of Mormon. The first time I saw that Broadway play, I was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe all the things that they're saying. So if you're auditioning for the Book of Mormon, you may want to use something that is a little more vulgar because mm-hmm. the language and the content that actually takes place in the production or the, the play is more vulgar. But for myself, I am more of a clean mm-hmm. comedic. So I'm going to pick something that is a little bit more happy, more up tempo, um, makes you laugh, yeah. but also makes you think at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite comedians, Saturday Night Live uh, from way back is Eddie Murphy. I know he said, you know, a lot of bad words too, but mm-hmm. I, he's also been somebody that can do very clean, you know, mm-hmm. daddy daycare is, you know, some of the things that he's done, Beverly Hills Cop, although there were bad words there too, but I think he's very funny. He and if I was going to pick somebody, I think I would have been somebody like that. Maybe Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. He's, he's very, very clean. Yeah pretty but you know he has a very uh unique sense of humor correct yeah so i think there's a lot of poking at things 
Mm-hmm. I don't know so much people, but you know, he does do it with people. But anyway, I like those two comedians quite a bit. I think those are definitely some great comedians, comedians. And I, I definitely would say, you know, look at some things based on what you're auditioning for. Make sure you do your research. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that will help you as an actor is that whatever you're auditioning for, do your research on what it is if you can. Mm-hmm. There are times that you can't. So, you know, if you're going to audition for Hamilton, go watch Hamilton and right. go do some research and 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 make that character yours. And and that's one that's another thing as well. Don't imitate or emulate somebody else. Yeah, don't just be, be it's kind of like cooking, you know, you should cook based on what your your recipes are that you grew up with or your heritage. Mm-hmm. It should be the same in entertainment. Because if they wanted that particular artist that you're trying to be like, they would just call that artist up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. truth. So always remember, be yourself, be genuine being who you are as a person and that's going to come across and it's going to be a more natural thing and they're going to look for the natural things inside of you so Mm -hmm. if you show your natural skills and your natural talent it's going to come across and people are going to hear it they're going to see it they're going to feel it I agree I agree is there a third tip that you might pass on because these are great tips things that I would never have thought of honestly one of the other things is make sure that you are there's so many things but make sure that you look the part I gotcha I have seen some people come to some auditions and they didn't do their research and then on top of that they just don't look the part they were rushing or they didn't have time to fix either their hair or their, their clothing, Mm -hmm. but look the part that you want to have the people who are making the decisions see when you go to the audition. So if you want to be a mother, if you're auditioning for a movie and you want to be a mother, look like a mother. Yeah. Don't go in looking like a college, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A college age student. Yeah. Um, And if you want to, be a singer, come in and look like you are a singer, look like you are somebody compared to coming in in some sweatpants and a Mm -hmm. Mm t-shirt. Does, does a person need a manager? Can you get out there on your own or do you have to have a manager? I actually recommend that most people self-manage until you get to the point that you're making revenue. Mm -hmm. There's no need for a manager. Um, And the, and I think many times people go in thinking that they need to get a manager Managers only manage people who are making revenue. Right. Someone is not going to manage. Just so everybody hears me very clearly, and I'm looking at the camera and as I say this, Mm -hmm. someone who is making money needs a manager. Yeah. But if you are a up and coming performer, don't run and spend all your energy and time looking for a manager Mm -hmm. and you haven't made any money because they're not going to want to um, spend any time working with you. You may have a beautiful face. You may have a great voice. But if you can't sell a ticket or you can't bring people to the theater, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. I would agree with that. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, Because the, I don't think people realize that being an actor, it's a business. It is. Of course. But you're the business. And so you your brand is the thing that people are buying into. And it's really important that you really realize how how much what you look like, what you say, if you want to be under the eye of the microscope or the magnifying glass all the time. 
I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know of people when they say they want to be a celebrity, whether it's, you know, a Kardashian or if it's an athlete or if it's, you know, the best, you know, singer in the world, whatever that is to somebody, you give up a lot of freedom. You do. And I will tell you, um, with some of the celebrities that I've worked with, they have had people steal things from their cars. Yeah. They've had people follow them around. They've had threats. And the police are not able to investigate every single threat because there's a lot of them. People either love you yeah, or they hate you. And I hate to say there's normally no in between. Yeah, And so when you have a, and you also have to be careful with those who love you. Mm-hmm. because they can love you too much. Yeah, <laughs> They love you to death, you know, sort of like the abominable snowman. I'm going to hold you and pet you and squeeze you until you squeeze the life out of the person. So um, it has to be a balance. And you do have to realize that once you put yourself out there, you do belong to the public. And I know people say, well, I didn't sign up to be in the public's eye. Mm-hmm. Once you step foot on a stage mm-hmm. as a singer, actor, performer, you are a public figure, whether you chose to be that or not. The only way that you're not going to be a public figure, unless you're like the marshmallow man, that the marshmallow guy that has the face that nobody knows how he really looks. That's like a DJ. No, he's like a DJ. Oh, he's really famous as I forgot what his actual um, name is, but he's like a DJ, but nobody knows what his face looks like. Oh, he goes, he goes all around the world. He's like super famous, but nobody knows how he looks. So if you want to do that, go right ahead. Mm. But if you are showing your face and you're showing your image, be mindful when you put things out on social media or on a platform. Yeah. They don't think about that yeah, impact. It's, it's going to impact you. Yes. You need the followers. You need those people, but it's going to open your life and not just only your life, your family's life up to whatever they want to say. People don't think about the impact that it has on kids. And you said you started when you were three. I was watching this documentary on Disney about a gentleman, a man that was the best in the world mountain climber. And he died in an avalanche and his children were really, really young. He had, I think it was like an eight and a three and a a four-year-old sons. And the two youngest ones don't remember him and they refer to him as Alex, Alex Lowe. And they don't remember him as a dad. The oldest son did. He, the oldest son did this documentary on his dad and it was really, it it was heart-wrenching at the same time because they were really putting their emotions out there, being very transparent, what it was like. They ended up being able to share a very hard aspect of life because They never went back and looked at all of the videos that were recorded. And I think it was like in the eighties, maybe eighties, nineties, when people were, you know, doing their own videos, not on phones, but they went back and they saw that and they had, I think a different, well, you never know, but I think a different respect for their dad because they grew up in his shadows Mm -hmm. and then they're coming out there and they realize the price that notoriety will pay you know, that Mm -hmm. takes of you. And he was always gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, part of it, he was an adrenaline junkie. So he liked that. But he was also the best in the world. It is a sacrifice. And and that's one of the things that whether whether you want to be the best businessman, or the best actor or the best performer, or 
um, the best accounting. Unfortunately, it takes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize you have to balance your life. If anyone wants to know the real truth, I have learned how to balance my life. I do a lot of stuff. Everybody yeah. who knows me, or if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm pretty busy. I'm a very busy person. I have a really strict schedule, but I also take time to enjoy my family and take time for myself. Because if you don't take that time to have a balanced life, you will miss out on those small, memorable moments. Um, yeah. And so you, you have to make sure that be mindful wealth and fame is very nice. It comes we, with a price, but it does come with a price. But then in the same vein, those who are some of the nicest and gentle celebrities that I've met are those who have a very balanced life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even myself, I have been able to balance my life. I really enjoy singing but I can't sing every night. No. Um, I enjoy being on television, but I can't do that every night. I have to take some time to enjoy life. I know you went to Hawaii. I did. Yeah. So did. that's a really good example of taking time to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, making memories with those who you love, Yeah. you never get that time again. No. Um, you're only going to be that age one year. <laughs> Actually, I, I sit here and I say, well, this is the youngest I will ever be at this moment in time. So instead of thinking, oh, yes, we all get older and mm -hmm. we're always not to be, you know, Debbie Downer, but we are always one step closer to, to death with every breath or whatever. I think if people would just stop to think about time and how quickly it passes, we would definitely be more mindful because you're talking about balance. Um, one of the things that I've become acutely aware of, you know, being in a startup life is not taking enough time to go and work out and to mm -hmm. exercise. So it's something that I am readjusting inside of my own schedule. So I make that a priority just because I want to feel good, not for anything else other than just feel good. It's, it's in good. It's important to take that time for yourself. I too do some exercise now uh, a little bit more than what I did before, mm -hmm. um, because I was, I'll be truthful with you. When I was younger, um, I chased after the dream. I want to yeah. live the American dream. And quite frequently my health would actually get shot down mm -hmm. because of that as a singer or performer, I've had this happen to me a few times. My voice gave out. Oh, Wow. And I couldn't sing one word. Ooh, and that's got to be heartbreaking. <laughs> that is extremely heartbreaking because not only do you have an audience that's waiting to hear you perform and sing, but your body is so tired and so exhausted that it can't go any further. Mm -hmm. So whether you do it yourself, your body will let you know at some point in time, especially for those who are younger, your body will let you know at some point in time, it can't do anything yeah. anymore but you don't want your body to get to that point. So if you live a more balanced life, you won't have those extreme highs and then those extreme crashes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Any advice for people that have kids and they want to have their kids go into show business? Because I would think you have to be really cognizant of allowing for the child to be a child. I think <clears throat> kids who are naturally talented 
be mindful. You can learn some things, but some things are just innate. And what I mean by that, we're all given gifts. So some of us are given the gift of gab. Mm -hmm. Some of us are given the gift to be able to sing. Some mm -hmm. of us are given the gift to be able to think on a larger scale who can, mm -hmm. you know, go to space and build all these wonderful things. So you have to allow your child to flourish in the yeah. areas that they are strong in. One of the things that I am very grateful for is that my parents didn't push me to become a performer. They supported me. Yeah. That's two different things because sometimes parents are pushing their kids and they're like, go, 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 go. No, let the child lead the way yeah. and support the child. And as the child continues to do the things that he or she enjoys, they'll elevate themselves. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything and you don't have to have long lectures. You don't have to say, if you don't do it, I paid all this money for this. You're going to play karate. You're going to um, be a, in this karate class. You don't have to go through all that because it's what the child is good in. So right. those who are naturally talented in sports, don't make them go to all those practices. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to go to it because that's what they want to do. Right. That's right. who they are. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I took guitar lessons. I taught myself one song. I went, that's it. Done. My parents bought me a guitar and they went, you know, what's going on? I went, nope, I'm done. And I think the key word was support in support. that sentence. Yeah. The, I think my parents did a good job of that. I, now this one, I did not put on the list either. So, but I know we're going to have to take a moment for just to recognize our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And we're back. So my question to you is, I kind of think you're a highly creative person. You must be somebody that cooks also in the kitchen. I do. I do. cook, And I want to know what you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, my family actually owns a, a restaurant. restaurant and they do food. My brother actually serves about six to 7,000 kids per day in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a, he is a chef and a, the owner of, what is it called? I'm having a brain fart. It's okay. Um, You'll come back. <laughs> yeah. But I actually, I can look at it on my phone because I have it on my phone. It's culinary. It's called culinary something in, a, in Atlanta. But my brother and my dad, they both owned restaurants for many, 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 many years. And I have been able to help them in the process of doing those things. And right now my phone is not wanting to show me any of that. Uh, oh, that's stuff, because so. there's no Wi-Fi when you're on the campus. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is out, but it's called, I'll Google it over here. Yeah. So what's his name? His name is Gerald Bennett. G-E-R-A-L-D. Mm -hmm. Bennett with two N's. B-E-N-N-E-T-T. -T. Okay. And restaurant. So thank goodness. Uh, well, it's his name. <laughs> chef culinary partners culinary partners that there you is, go yep i know it's culinary something mm -hmm. but i couldn't remember i was like it's culinary something I'm it's forgetting. a school he he caters to schools all over the atlanta area yeah i see that so he serves about six to seven thousand kids per day wow it is a humongous um production what does he feed the school system he feeds private schools 
Wow. So private schools all throughout the Atlanta area. And also he has pretty much started to spread himself throughout the entire East Coast. So he is a little bit everywhere. And so I also help him with that. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I f- would fully expect it. What is the one meal that you can whip up with four ingredients, like on chopped? Well, or your favorite thing that you like to fix? Believe That's it or not, easier. I whip up easiest thing to whip up and I'm a really quick cooker. Mm-hmm. So if I come in the house, it's going to be 20 minutes or less. Okay. That's so good. I, I don't do the whole. Sounds long, like omelets. Yeah. Well, we either do omelets or um, a quick spaghetti dinner. Oh yeah. So that's true. Yeah. So I, we normally use veggie noodles. Mm-hmm. So we use the veggie noodles. I get them all the boiled, the water boiling. Mm-hmm. By the time the water has come to a boil, the sauce, the meat, all that stuff is done. Oh, um, wow. So in about 20 minutes, I can have you a full spaghetti meal with bread, garlic bread, and the whole nine yards seasoned and on the table and ready to go. I like that. Yeah. And, and it comes to breakfast as well. So 20 minute breakfast, that's it. Waffles? No, I can do waffles, eggs, bacon, grits. I can have all that done in 20 minutes. Woo. Okay. I'm going to come for brunch at your house at some point. You're welcome. Anytime. Okay. You said it. So (laughs) I don't have your address. So I'd be knocking on your door just to be clear. Uh, All right. So we're going to move over to some other topics here. What do you think about the impact that COVID has had on the entertainment industry? And I know it's finally bouncing back, but do you think it's going to be like it was before? Is it, what's it going to be like? I think the industry and the one great thing is that I sit on Opera Orlando board, which I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. we were the first company to actually put on productions anywhere in the United States. Online? No, live in the theater. Opera Orlando was the first in the country to actually put productions on live in the theater throughout the United States. And then partially that's due to our governor as well. So our governor has been a little bit more open to getting things back open for the arts and for, because truthfully, a lot of our income depends on performers. Mm -hmm. If you go to Disney, they are performers, Universal performers, SeaWorld performers, and all the other many theme parks that we have throughout. So I think it will return back to the full theater at some point. But I think we're going to have to use more precaution. Mm-hmm. You know, we had in our lifetime, um, the last major pandemic was almost 100 years ago. So we had never experienced anything like that within over 100 years. So there are some things that we let our guards down on. We forgot about certain things because it hadn't happened in such right. a long period of time. And many of the things that had come through, like, you know, some of the other, you know, bird flu and things like that, we were able to kind of catch and keep it from spreading as mm-hmm. fast. But I think COVID as a whole made us realize that there are certain things that we need to do on a more frequent basis, like just simply washing your hands. And I hate to say this, we as guys, sometimes we're the worst at it. Yeah. <laughs> we're the worst at it. I work out of a co-working <laughs> place and I can tell you that it- I don't know if it's really that, but there was, there was hand sanitizer everywhere. And now I, I still see it, but not like, you know, the wash your hands. Now, if you go into anything on this campus here at Valencia college, it's even in the bathroom, 20 seconds, wash your hands, 20 seconds. There are reminders of how to be healthy Mm -hmm. all around us. And I think that's really what's going to help 
the performing arts get back to the level that it was. And I, I think we will eventually return to full performing arts. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear. All right. So going back over here, I saw some changes during COVID where the movie theaters, and we talked about this earlier, where people could go and rent out a movie theater and you could take your, your company with you or your family and you could watch a movie. It might not always be one of the blockbuster movies that mm-hmm. just came out, but it was, you know, maybe it's a month old. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like so awesome because when you're talking about being able to take more precautions well you could still have every other seat mm-hmm. where people are you know distance away from each other you could actually be around people and if you want wear masks and not worry about you know what's going on in the theater i've and it was 50 dollars, and i believe it was amc that was doing this and i think they still are and i like that idea of being able to go to a theater and have that experience I thought that was very creative of the movie industry to come up with, or the theater industry to come up with something like that. But what do you think is going to be going on? I know that people are doing more online streaming. I can catch movies on Disney that are, you know, the latest release. Well, I'll tell you that just the other day, Marry Me came out with Jennifer Lopez. And I saw it at home the same day that it came out on Peacock. Yeah. So I was able to see that at the same time. And, you know, I just had our movie that came out as well. And truthfully, we were able to get it into the homes almost immediately. Wow. Um, Many people like the ideal of being in their own comfort and it has changed the platform as a whole. Mm -hmm. So they're doing more things to actually help people feel more comfortable. It's nice to go to a theater. I love the whole ideal of um, the community theaters and being able to go and sit to next to someone else and see what their expressions and their feelings are. And especially when we had our movie, The Youngest Evangelist, go come out in theaters, mm-hmm. it was great to sit in the theater and actually watch people um, express their reactions. Their actions, right? of, yeah. So that was really cool. But it's also cool to know that you can be at home and be safe and not have to interact with other people and still get the same um, feeling at home. Yeah. Well, and you can eat as much popcorn as you want. Correct. You don't have to sneak it in anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to. You can just do it. The one of the other trends I've seen is how are they taking care? How they is the production companies are taking care of people. I, I believe that episodes used to be like 21 shows was a whole season. I think that they've been cut cut down to like 13. That's partially due to financial. And okay. also we change things more frequently now. Okay. Be mindful a long time ago, you didn't have as many things to compete with. Mm-hmm. There are more production companies, there are more movies, there's more content, content is everywhere. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you are giving everyone an opportunity to be able to put their content out. So things have had to, you know, be cut adjust. down and be adjust to. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned it. Anything else that you think that when we look about look at the future of entertainment any other impact that you see do you think it's going to be more like virtual reality i've seen like constant they're actually pushing they're pushing for that actually that's part of that um universe that is being created metaverse uh, metaverse um, that's being created right now and i've seen some of the vr glasses that they have out there that allows you to feel like you're there at that in that present time Mm -hmm. on being able to do it and i actually think that movies 
And, you know, I'm saying it here first. I think that movies are going to become more interactive. I would agree with you. I've seen things like yeah. that because, you know, we'll, we'll go with the matrix. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Correct. And I could actually see being able to do that in the movie and then depending on whatever I chose yeah. that determines the outcome. Cause think about it. Video games before were just little Pac-Man things yeah. that were going across and eating little ghosts. Now we have the games talking back to you. Yes. Um, they're communicating. You can be in a different country and play the same game with somebody in the United States. That's amazing to me yeah. um, to be able to do that. And so since they can do that in video games, which has been great sellers. Now, why don't we actually make interactive movies? Mm -hmm. So you can actually be in this country and interact with somebody in France who's having the same experience that you're having as we're going through this haunted house and you're deciding which way you want to run mm -hmm. um, as a team or as a, a, a group. And based on what you do determines what the outcome is. And so I think with the... Um, new things that they're doing with VR is going to allow us to be able to create content that will fit in that style. I agree. Holograms. I, I think that people will be able to just like in beam me up Scotty, right. In those types of movies is move in there, you know, be whatever it is transported to another place. And if they're looking for let's say extras, mm -hmm. they could say, oh, well, we'll want to have some of the people that are from Serbia mm -hmm. be our extras. And then you go to this location and then you would be an extra in the show. Like mm -hmm. they would film that way. I think that's definitely a way to change things. And with transport them over here. Correct. Into the I think we're going to probably see a lot more of that. And I think the pandemic kind of allowed and pushed us to that way of doing things. Because think about this. We do virtual meetings now. Yeah. That wasn't a big thing before. Virtual meetings was something special. If you had a virtual meeting. It's so hard to think some, about that, right? Yeah. Because it's like, gosh, it's been two years we've been doing it. And I was doing online calls before COVID. Correct. But it seems like this is all we do is online stuff now. Correct. So the, the unfortunately, the human touch, we're probably going to lose a I lot of that. Not. I hope um, you're wrong. I, I I hope that I'm wrong. But unfortunately, with how if you think about kids today, they spend less time outside. Oh, gosh. Where, <laughs> where in our time when we were growing up, they spent more time outside because they wanted the human connection. People today feel like they are getting the human connection through the social media, through the video games. But I, through I don't think those. so. It doesn't I, feel I, as well. I don't, I don't think so as well. But that's one of the reasons why different things are changing to try to create or simulate what reality would actually be like. You know, again, down at the co-working space where I am, one of the guys comes in in the morning and he works out with a virtual reality trainer. Mm -hmm. um, he puts on the, the headset and he's got the devices in his hands and he goes through and, and I can hear the trainer talking to him and saying, okay, you're going to do this and this and this. And he's, he's oblivious to those people that are walking around him because he does it pretty early in the morning. You know, it's like mm -hmm. seven o'clock in the morning. So there's like three of us there, you know, and, but he's nonetheless, he's there and he does not 
even, and he works up this sweat. I mean, he's dripping. So I sit here and I go, it's legit. It's a real workout that he's getting. I can see it for sure. But it's also something that I go, when does it, because I'd like to go, we mentioned earlier, zip lining. I would love to be able to be transported and go and experience zip lining in Colombia through virtual reality. That would be so cool as a vacation, as a way of entertainment, but to be able to be in a, a play, that would be, mm-hmm. I don't know, that would just be observing it. Yes, I could see mm-hmm. it, but like, I'm, I'm not so sure about being in it experiencing it yeah um, because as an extra sure i think that's possible but if you're the lead i don't even know how that would work again things are changing you Um, are so right and so think of this i can get a sample of my voice today Mm -hmm. and my voice will and my personality will live on forever oh yeah so they can recreate my voice just from what we did today and it will sound like me for from now until eternity you sure will So that's the direction that we're moving in and I've seen it done. And I think that it's, it's exciting, but it's also a little scary that we're disconnecting from each other. Mm -hmm. So I think you need again, balance. Yes. That word balance come back in a balance of um, the two things that is always important. I agree about the balance for sure. For sure. Okay. So best mentoring advice that you would pass on to our listeners. Well, one of the things I mentioned right at the beginning is that I had the mayor of Apopka at that time. It was Mayor John Land. Um, He is deceased now, who actually- Was he the oldest mayor in the world? He was the oldest mayor in the world. Yeah. Um, He was in the Guinness Book World of Records um, for being the oldest mayor um, in the world. But Mayor Land took his time not only to invest his money in me, but he also mentored me. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so big in the government sector. Um, that's why I enjoy politics. That's why I enjoy giving back is because he invested that type of time into my life. And it wasn't just giving the financial end of it, but I got a chance to go to his office. Mm-hmm. He had an open door policy for me. So if I had something going on, he would stop what he was doing and actually sit and talk with me and have a conversation. I don't know how many people realize to be a governor or a mayor of a city. Most people don't have time for that. No, (laughs) they don't have time to stop for anyone in the community just to have a chit chat, but he did that for me. And so what I say to anyone who is being mentored, find someone who you trust, someone who believes in you and someone who can give you advice unfiltered Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's what you need. Uh, Many times we look for someone who's going to mentor us and tell us what we want to hear. But sometimes it's those mentors that tells us the things that we don't want to hear that makes us stronger. So find mentors of all different levels. And if you are a gentleman, you don't always have to get a male mentor. You can have a female mentor. You Mm -hmm. can have a male. And if you're a female, you can also have a male mentor as well. I actually encourage people to get more than just one mentor. I agree. I think you should have a few mentors because life is always evolving and you need to also evolve with it. And there's different things that people will tell you based on their experiences that will give you enlightenment. And then for those who are mentoring, be mindful. Someone helped you to get to where you're at. Someone took some time, whether it was a teacher, whether it was a professor, whether it was a politician, 
whether it was a parent, whether it was whomever it may be, someone took some time to You're share preaching with to you. the choir, buddy. So you need to take some time to give back to somebody else. Yep. That's how we create that wholesome and good community. Yep. Um, you know how people say it takes a village to raise a family Yes. or a child? You need that village and that village is you. Mm-hmm. We all take ourselves out of the equation many times because we're like, I don't have time or I don't think I'm good enough or I don't know enough. You know something that is valuable to somebody's child. You know something that you can give back to a community person through volunteering or Mm -hmm. um, being a part of something. Don't just let life pass you by without getting involved. Mm -hmm. I, yep. Totally get you. All right. Well, I want to tell you, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. We're going to take just a moment. Thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, to our production team, our video interns and contractors, Chase McDell, David Ullman, Efren Cuevas, Jason Sindoni, and Keisha, Keisha Perez. Our music is by Sophie Lloyd and sound effects, Eric Peterson, Matt Miller, Dave Francis, and Miguel Centra. Visit employers, the number four, change at www.e4c.tech, T-E-C-H, to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion cultures while skilling your people for the future. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to speak with your guests or to your listeners. You are amazing. And I'm serious. I'm going to come and eat spaghetti at your house. Hey, anytime. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.